The world of real estate investing is always changing. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just starting out, attorney and author Natalia Willett Grice has the expertise to provide valuable guidance on how to navigate the complexities of real estate investing. This is the Legacy Academy. Hello and welcome to the Legacy Academy. I am your host, Justin Grice, the COO of LCO Law, and with me is my wife, attorney Natalia Willett Grice, the owner of LCO Law, and the author of three real estate investment books. Now, you can find her books on tax deeds, foreclosure sales, and rental properties on Amazon. Now, it's season three. Wow, can you believe it already? And we are in 2024 now. Time flies. Time does fly. Well... Because this is so relevant to what's going on now, in today's episode, we're going to talk about the Corporate Transparency Act that took effect on January 1st of this year. There are some big changes in some of the reporting that you're going to have to do, and we want to make sure that you don't get into legal or financial trouble with this. So jumping right in, Natalia, can you give us a brief overview of what the Corporate Transparency Act is? Sure. So the Corporate Transparency Act is a federal law. It passed a few years ago, but they gave it some time for the regulations to be promulgated. There's still some that are pending. Um, But the idea is to collect information about businesses uh, through a systematic portal. Uh, It's been done through FinCEN. FinCEN is the Financial Crimes Division of the Department of Treasury. And this is a means by which to have in one place all of the identifying data addresses of individuals that own businesses in the United States. Okay. All right. That's pretty cut and dry mm-hmm. to the point. Shocks me that it's the financial crimes unit that is going <laughs> well, after this. Well, there's a purpose behind it. Yes. Sure, sure. All right. Can you discuss some of the timelines uh, for compliance with existing real estate entities? Right. So the... The law is all about requiring people to report, right? So there's two levels of reporting. There's, you have to do reporting on behalf of your entity. That's called like the reporting entity level thing. So you need an address and your state of formation and your tax ID or EIN for the entity. And you also need reporting for individual owners. So the timeline for compliance is depending on when your company was created. So if your company was created before January 1st of 2024, so before the past few days, before that big party, then you have a full year commencing January 1st of 2024, ending December 31st of 2024, to get your butt together, to get all the details about your company, whether it was created in 1976 or 2023, and register that information with FinCEN. It's different, though, if you created your entity after January 1st of 2024. So if you did that, then you only have... 30 days. Now they have proposed regulations that propose to extend it to 90 days, but I don't know if, um, you know, the relevant agencies have gotten their act together and passed that 90 days. So for now, think about it being only 30 30 days. days. So you do it timely. Okay. So where do they report this stuff? So FinCEN, if you Google FinCEN CTA or FinCEN Corporate Transparency Act, it'll take you pretty quickly to the website where you have to go and register your information. Before January 1st of 2024, that website wasn't even available for you to push that button. Sure. (laughs) So I am sure they're going to experience the typical lags and delays. 
that you have when our, our lovely federal government launches something last month. <laughs> <laughs> we remember Obamacare. Oh, or, you know, yes, the Obamacare things <laughs> or when everybody tried to file for unemployment during the Great Recession and oh, all yeah. those collapsed. So expect delays. That's why it's better you do it now. Yes, yes. All right. So how does the Corporate Transparency Act specifically impact real estate investors? So the reason why this is so impactful for real estate investors is because the vast majority of real estate investors are a covered entity under the act. So what does that mean? That means that as um, an entity uh, that is doing business, if you registered as a LLC, if you registered your business as a corporation, if you registered your business as a limited partnership for those that are doing like private equity deals, you are probably subject to the act. Um, there is, uh, as a result, right, the issue being you're going to have to report yourself. You're going to have to report that you are the business owner. You're going to have to give them all of your contact information. And that includes the contact information of any foreign business partners that may be part of your business. Mm -hmm. We know here in the state of Florida, right, we've got a huge immigrant population. Uh, we also have some individuals that are undocumented. We have a lot of foreign investors and they may have joined up in your LLC or your corporation or your limited partnership. They also need to be providing their information. So for a real estate investor, it's really important for you to become very familiar with all of that relevant data for everybody that is a big time business partner in the company. Yeah, makes sense. Mm -hmm. All right, so what are, Essentially, what is this for? What are the primary objectives of the Corporate Transparency Act concerning real estate so investments? So the, the primary objectives of the Corporate Transparency Act as a whole, the act is aiming to prevent money laundering, tax fraud, piracy, financial fraud. Um, piracy for, sounds fun. <laughs> foreign corruption, that's a huge one. So imagine, right? There's been all this availability of easy registration of LLCs, particularly LLCs in this country. Um, and anyone can register, right? And you don't have to put in the information of who the owners are or their real addresses or anything like that when right. you're registering these entities, especially in those states like Wyoming and Nevada and Delaware that have been very investor friendly and they just don't disclose that information. So as a result, foreign governments uh, and nefarious foreign actors have been using these companies as shell companies to fund and finance uh, illegal and criminal activity to um, illegally finance campaigns here in the United States. Mm, right. So because of that, the CTA came into place. And so it concerns real estate investments because foreign nationals love real estate investments for money laundering purposes. All right. Mm -hmm. All right. So can you explain some of the reporting requirements for uh, for real estate companies? What are they going to have to give up? Yeah. So you're uh, going to have to, if you are more than a 25% beneficial owner of the company, you're going to need to give your information to FinCEN. By your information, your full legal name, your dates of birth, social security numbers, tax ID, if you don't have a social security number, um, your consular IDs or passports, sometimes uh, they'll accept the state ID that's got the little star on it. That means you've been verified. Your actual address of residence mm. is going to be required. Um, and so this is the information that's necessary. 
So there's two levels, like I said, right? There's the individual level for the beneficial owners, and then the actual entity itself has to have a separate registration. Okay, so you might have to register twice. Yes, most people will need to do double. Okay. Uh, what type of real estate entities are subject to these requirements? So any entity that is being run after having registered through some sort of state or, you know, if you're like a, a Native American tribe or even if you're a foreign company registered in France or Russia or wherever it may be, right? If you have through a state act, state meaning government, right? Any kind of governmental entity registered your company so that it's considered a separate legal entity from you, you are somebody that's going to have to register. That's why it covers LLCs, it covers corporations, it covers limited partnerships, anything that has to register with an act, with a state act, to become a legal thing. Yeah, so S-Corps and all that are all involved. Well, S-Corps is an S-election, but yes, corporations have to. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. All right, so you've been talking about beneficial owners and stuff like that. How do you define that in the context of, of Florida real estate investors? So that's a really good question because it doesn't require you to be a shareholder of 25% of the LLC or a shareholder of 25% of the corporate stock of the entity or the limited partnership. You can be an indirect owner. So for example, if, you're, if you've got an LLC and 25% or more of that LLC is owned by another LLC, but then you own that whole share of that LLC or more than 25%, that's indirect ownership. You still have to report as being a beneficial owner for both of those entities. What about those big pools where bunch of investors get together and pull their money into. Yes. So those are the limited partnerships, right? right? Those are generally done by one general partner, a bunch of limited partners, which are the ones that contribute the money and the general partners generally the one doing the managing. So these are the big private equi equity companies that you see that are, that buy like the, the multi fams on a, on a larger sure, scale. Sure. They also have to register. Um, there are certain levels of exemption, but if you have beneficial ownership, just meaning 25% or more, the right to direct, direct the to or indirectly control what's going on in the company, that's going to be sufficient for you to like have to register under the CTA. Sure, and and if they're not sure of their exact percentage, you know, there's a bunch of investors. Blah blah blah. <laughs> should they play it safe and register either way? Um. So the one thing is, with you've got a limited partnership and a general partnership. When it comes to the size of those, if you're a limited partner, it's likely that you're less than 25% um, beneficial owner of a company. But okay. if you're a general partner, you will probably have to register because then you really are in control. And so as the general partner, you have to get the information of all the limited partners. You should definitely be doing this if you are a private equity firm, making sure that you're collecting all of this data in case, you know, the CTA expands its definition of beneficial owner under the regulations sure. to include those limited partners. But yeah, you need that info. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, are there any exemptions uh, for the Corporate Transparency Act um, for that real estate investors should be aware of? So uh, I'm going to start with the uh, exemptions that like just the public should know about, right? Okay. So publicly registered entities, right? The, anything that's traded in the stock market mm -hmm. is exempt. Nonprofit organizations are generally exempt. Uh, government entities are generally exempt. Banks and credit unions are exempt. 
Broker dealers are exempt only because they already have to register under the Securities and Exchange Act. Sure. Uh, same thing with insurance companies. They have to register under different entities that already require full disclosure, so they're exempt from the CTA. But the biggest exemptions that I would say are important to understand if you're a real estate investor are, do you have 20 or more employees in your company? And I'm talking employees. I'm not saying 1099 contractors. Those are not employees. Okay. Okay. Um, full-time employees, and you have at least $5 million in gross receipts annually, and your business has a physical location in the United States, then you do not have to register under the Corporate Transparency Act. And and why? It makes sense, right? Because at, at this point, at that level, you're not, <laughs> you're not a show hiding company. Anything. <laughs> you're not a show company, right? You're just a regular business. Right, right. So it, it's why it impacts real estate investors so much is because... You they're know, often they're solo often guys. Small, right? or it's a couple. It's a couple of partners right? getting together. There is another exemption, which is zombie companies. Okay, zombie companies. Zombie. I like to call them zombie because these are the ones that are like the undead but dead. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you have a company that you haven't used, you haven't actively done any business in it in over twelve months, then that company doesn't have to register. But it really has to have no activity in the past 12 months. So it doesn't count that three weeks ago you decided to administratively or to just dissolve your company. It has to be 12 months or more before January 1st to not have to register it. Got it. And that means no active business going on, no assets. So if your company dissolves, but it still owns a piece of land, you still have to register with the CTA. Okay. Um, and it can't be owned by a foreign national. So if you've got foreign partners in that company, even if it hasn't been used in more than 12 months, you still would have to register. Um, and it has not done at least $1,000 worth of business in the past 12 months. So those are all like real specific requirements in order to get under that zombie company exemption. Right. Mm -hmm. So real estate investors, if you're listening, Yes, you do have to <laughs> register. No, you are not exempt. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. And this goes for realtor brokerages, right? Because a lot of real estate investors are brokers. They may have a lot of realtors working under them, except that those are independent contractors just because of the way a brokerage works. Right. That means you're not exempt. Got it. Okay. Now, how will this affect the formation of new investment entities? So, you know, I think there's... Obviously, you're still going to want to limit liability. You're still going to want to do business through an entity. The the protections outweigh the burden of having to register yourself. But if you form an entity after January 1st of this year, you absolutely need to meet those deadlines for registration. And those are shorter deadlines. Remember, there's not a year anymore. That's 30 days to right. get all the information together. So as you are forming new real estate entities with partners, you need to make sure that everybody's sharing all the info, right? All of, like addresses, copies of passports, et cetera. So you're going to have to get uh, even more diligent about who you're going into business with, which I think is a good idea. <laughs> it's always important to know who you're really getting a business with. Yeah. Um, but I think that's going to be like the primary effect. But okay. if you don't comply, there are serious penalties. We'll talk about those. Yeah, later. we'll talk about the penalties. So... You, there there are going to be some more hoops to jump through. Mm -hmm. And it's not like when you create your entity on Sunbiz, look, I put all my information, we're good to go. No, you have to actually go to this FinCEN site yes. and report there as well. Yes. Okay. Um, so this is one thing that I, I really 
was wondering about because a lot of the investors that I know and that I've dealt with, they they are private people. They don't want their information out there. Now, when they report all this informa uh, information to FinCEN, are there any privacy concerns that they will have? I mean, is this going to be public information? So it's not public information. Okay. It, under the law, the only ones who are allowed to have eyes on it are the FinCEN agency. So okay. it is not public. Nobody can search it as a member of the public. However, this information, because of the entire purpose of the act, which is to prevent the money laundering and the fraud and all of that, other agencies within the federal government and even state agencies can make a request for the information as part of an investigation for, for criminal activity. No, they can subpoena yeah. the, the documents. Yep, yep. So in, in that respect, that's an issue. There's also, if you look at like modern technology and all of the risks involved with the development of the latest and greatest, right? We've got um, quantum uh, quantum computing coming up. And so the encryption system that FinCEN is using is at the present moment susceptible to uh, mm. all of those nefarious actors who like to break in and collect data. I mean, if the major companies of the world can have all of their data gathered, imagine what one place having all, all of, of our it. personal information yeah, is going wow. to do. So in that respect, yeah, there are some serious concerns. All right, so <laughs> there are concerns. <laughs> um, now, what do documentation is going to be required of real estate investors when they're, you know, what should they need to know to gather up everything so, so they can report all at once? So you need to have um, government-issued IDs that are not expired, okay? okay? So, you know, verified driver's license things, the ones that have a little star on them, or passports, if you've got foreign investors, it needs to be validly issued and unexpired passports or consular IDs. Those will also work. Uh, it needs to have the information with your date of birth, your full legal name, right? You can't have your alias tater salad in there. <laughs> you need to have your address. I haven't seen anything requesting like proof of how your address comes into being. Um, but I can see them potentially requesting information like a billing statement and, uh, you know, like water bill or anything like that, which sure. shows, um, that you live there. Okay. So those are the documents. All right. And so what would you say are some, uh, good best practices that, uh, that investors can start putting into their procedures and stuff so they maintain compliance? So number one, calendar, the first thing. So calendar before January 30 before January 30th, just get it done, okay? Yeah. Get it done. You need to collect everybody's information. So these documents that we've just mentioned, every owner in the company who's got a more than, and I'm gonna say a more than 15% interest, right? Because if you've got spouses together, <laughs> they can be seen as one sure. under the Internal Revenue Code under certain things. So they might be seen together as a, as a more than 25% interest holder. Um, and you want to get that information. You want to create forms as part of your company that collects that information. You want to make sure you have photocopies of those passports and you need to make it a policy with everybody in your company that if anything of their information changes, they need to give it to you within like five days. Why? Because any changes, changes to your ID, uh, changes to your and changes to your ID can happen in the state of Florida, okay? If you get a DUI, your ID number changes in your Florida driver's license. Yeah. 
Um, if you change your name because you got married and you now have a new married name, this goes out for a lot of ladies and some gentlemen too, um, you need to update that information. If you change your address, if the business changes its address, all of these things require an update with FinCEN within 30 days. Okay, wow. No matter whether your business was created before January 1st or after, the change is 30 days. So it's really important to have uh, like grinded into the people in your company. Any changes you must tell us because otherwise the fines and penalties will start to accrue. All right. Well, why don't we get into that? What are some of the fines and penalties uh, for non-compliance? So the penalties for non-compliance are substantial. It's a $500 a day penalty. Wow. Yeah. Uh, up to $10,000 and then up to two years in prison as well. Whoa. <laughs> so there are criminal penalties in addition to the civil fines and penalties. You must register, right? This is like not a worthwhile expense to your business or to your livelihood right. <laughs> to be incarcerated. Yeah, they are not playing around. They're not playing around. They really want to nip this in the bud. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. So what role would you play in as, as a real estate attorney? and ensuring compliance for real estate investors. So there's a couple of things that are impacting, and I'm gonna call it business lawyers, right? Cause this is like on the business side. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, one is like, I've made the decision for a company that I am not registering the entities themselves for my client. I'm having them do that part. And then I create the organizational agreements and all of that for my clients. Why? Because after January 1st, if I am an incorporator, I also have to register as a as a related person as to that entity. <laughs> wow. So that might be a good question for you business owners and investors out there. Hey, are you going to do this for me or do I have to do it myself? Right. And if you don't know how, learn. Yes. You're going to hear a lot more of... Um, no from professionals like yeah. CPAs and attorneys because we don't now. want to be registering on behalf of your company with FinCEN since we really don't have anything to do with your company. Well, not only that, the just sheer number of companies that you deal with. Right. You would have to register for all of them. Exactly. And this exactly. is an annual registration? And this is any time there's a change registration. Okay. Right? But annual as well or just it's, or just It's one once? time okay. and then whenever there's a change. Okay. Right? But we know companies change addresses frequently. People change names. People move. It is a definitely more than once kind of a thing. Yeah. So that's one part. If you are a big enough real estate investor group where you have in-house counsel, right? This is a great opportunity to make sure that your in-house counsel is the one that's put in charge of letting everybody know what these rules are, updating everyone frequently enough, at least once a month, right? So there's no missed reporting. Yeah. Um, to save your company those fines and penalties. Mm. So in-house or if you have quasi in-house counsel that manages this for you this is a definite thing to delegate to them yeah mm -hmm. yeah um th this is uh, uh it seems a little complex you know mm -hmm. and it seems like while it's an inconvenience and maybe even a major inconvenience <laughs> for, for some of you guys who work with a lot of different investors um it's not worth blowing this off it's not, it's not, you must take it seriously. And even though there might be potential legal challenges to this law, particularly because of the risk of privacy concerns and data breaches, I still think that uh, the basis of the law has sufficient legal muster yeah. that they're going to say it is a constitutional law. 
Um, just be mindful, right? Your job is to comply and your job is to save your money, the company fines and penalties and yourself, those fines and penalties, because you as owners of entities have a fiduciary duty, right? If you're running it, you have a fiduciary duty to your business. So do what needs to be done. Right. And so the last thing I would like to say is that if you do need to learn how to create your own LLC, give us a call. It's uh, 813-480-2106. We actually have a course designed for people who are more do-it-yourselfers. And in this case, who may be forced to become do-it-yourselfers in creating the LLC. So give us a call and we'll help you out. Thank you so much for joining us. And if you like what you heard, hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast application. And then tune in every Monday to get more tips on how to avoid investing's legal pitfalls and take your real estate business to the next level. You can also find us online at lcolawfl.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the Legacy Academy FL.